I've been reading books that I hate. How about you? You hate? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I started reading. I told you last time you were here when we had our master class. Master class. Because uh, Walter Mosley's master class, actually. I will get to that later. I've been reading that Yukio Mishima's uh, The Frolic of the Beast. Oh, yeah. You were telling me you haven't been enjoying that. I just started reading it because I just wanted like a nice little short transition book between something long and then something long again. And I thought it'd be fine. I like y- Yukio Mishima. It's fucking, I don't know, it's boring. Though I did get to a part where some guy clubbed another guy ahead with the wrench and then he gets out of jail and now he's seeing him again and the guy's like all fucking special and I'm just like, I, I don't really care what's going on. How, um, much, how much more do you have left? Like 100 pages. Ooh. It's it's like a page a day for me. It's it's bad. It really uh, halted my reading. I actually got a a book of Irish poems from Barnes and Noble, and I'm like halfway through that. <laughs> and I just got that two days ago. And I was like, I'd rather read that in like large quantities than the Yukio Mishima book, which is sad. But you've been reading books that you like. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly, mm-hmm. for the most part, yeah, they all been pretty good so far. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> No elaboration. No titles for the folks who might be interested. Well, I mean, that's why I don't want to spoil anything for for the end of the year episode. <laughs> what <are you laughs> Next year? What about the end of this year when we do the, 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 what we read this year episode in 12, er, in, uh, like 11, 11 months? Uh, yeah, 11 and a half months. Okay. Well, that yeah. is excellent. Well, one of them we'll be talking about here shortly. Yeah. You really just never want to talk about your books anymore <laughs> no, on air. You're just going to wait no. until we go to the end of the year episode. Keep, keep it a mystery. Yeah, keep them in suspense. Turns out Spencer went hardcore erotica this year. <laughs> That's why he didn't want to tell nobody. Bigfoot erotica. <laughs> he was embarrassed. He finally got around to reading that novel about the guy who falls in love and has sex with the airplane. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about some Walter Mosley here after these uh, sweet messages. I was going to bring up some songs. That I found for the new intro music, but I did not research songs, mm. so that's not going to happen. So next time, well, like, we'll do that off air. I'll let you. We'll come up with something for the new because we're like got to be close to hundred now. Yeah, we're on like ninety eight. We well, we've been well with this issue or this episode is not going to count, right? This is right? a book of the month. Episode yeah, so we keep on doing uh, shit like that. <laughs> keep on Book of the month episode, IRC episode, DBS one, two, three, four, five. We're like seventy DBS episodes in now too. We'll have to do like a special hundred D- DBS episode. Uh, next month, book of the club, book of the month club, book, book of the month club. Ah, oh, jeez. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host. You fucking jerk. You hit the microphone stand. Why would you do that? I didn't that? hit the microphone stand. I heard it. I could play it back for you. I dropped the phone on the table. Even louder. <laughs> I'm your host, Caleb James. With me, as always, unfortunately, today, he is Spencer. The You know what? No, I'm not going to no. go that route. No. Spencer, the Compton Crime Crusader Church. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. You don't have to be a cuck today. <laughs> he wasn't gonna be the Cairo cuck, but a lot of part um this uh, episode well the episode doesn't take place in LA, but the story we're talking about does. We read Devil in a Blue Dress by Walter Mosley. 
And I really, really enjoyed this book. Yeah, it was, I enjoyed it as well. Uh, we started because I, I was watching the Mosley Masterclass, and then old Spencer came over and started watching the Mosley Masterclass. And then we're like, hey, because he, he reads some excerpts from the, that, I guess that's his first book, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that was his first book that he did. So he started reading some excerpts from it and stuff. We're like, hey, this sounds pretty groovy. So we checked it out because, you know, we like noir now. We're, we're uh, crime noir guys. Because uh, we read some Chandler, and uh, only one Chandler, actually. But I definitely got some uh, Chandler feeling in this book. This is, uh, I guess we should probably call it, cover Walter Mosley a bit. Because not he's like one of those authors where, while he sells a lot of work, I feel like outside of like his fan base, people probably don't know him that much. Because I'd never heard of him really before I saw him on Masterclass. Now, how uh, are we just going to do like a light thing? Because we, we were also talking, remember before we, we were talking about maybe doing a, Mosley episode like on his on his writing like you know what I mean I don't know I didn't know how far we went how much we wanted to you know it's work it's work we don't, I, don't, I don't think we need to take a deep dive deep no no okay shallow dive no, shallow just, walk in the oh no I just wanted to make sure I know where we were the aim was the goal whatever you say whatever you say buddy five five yeah what's five the answer to everything it's 42, not five. You didn't read the Hitchhiker's Oh, you didn't read the Hitchhiker's Guide because you're a fucking douche. Sorry, that's harsh. You should read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's great. The first two books. And let's say even after the other guy had to finish it? I I stopped reading after, like, I started reading the third book and quit halfway through, and I just never read the rest, so. I think there's four, actually. But the first two, very good, very good, very good. Uh, so Walter Mosley, he is a California writer. He's an interesting man. He's a black Jewish man. But he's not religious, as a master class has taught us. Yeah. Uh, but his mother was Jewish, and his father, I think she was a Russian Jew, too, as well. She uh, came from, I don't know if she came from Russia. Let me look. Her ancestors immigrated from Russia, but she wasn't from Russia. Uh, and his uh, dad, Leroy Mosley, he was an African-American from Louisiana. And then uh, Walter Mosley, without having to go through all this, he, like, he has an interesting story because he was kind of, not necessarily a hippie, but he hung around with all kinds of people, traveled the country. Uh, at one point, he became like a, I think a computer programmer or something along those lines, and then he, at 34 years old, just decided, hey, I'm gonna try my hand at writing just because, and he turns out he was good at it, got published, and uh, makes it seem like it's so damn easy. Yeah, yep, yeah, just you know, just write it, just write it. Um, I would highly recommend people check out his masterclass. So I thought that was really good. Um, I need to bring up except his uh, take on poems. You didn't like his take on poems. You didn't like his take on poems. Why do you guys say I didn't like it? You don't know but, what I like. Because don't those, speak for me, buddy. Because the sounds and angry things you were saying at the poems he read, <laughs> I didn't care for the poems he read. For so you don't like his take on poems. Oh, here's a picture of him with a beard. I think he should Ooh, always go beard. Yeah, he definitely should always go beard. Changes the whole look. He got like a Garth Brooks looking a thing little, going on there, especially with that hat. Well, he's wearing a cowboy hat. I don't. Uh, I'm just on the. Uh, Devil in a Blue Dress, Wikipedia, and uh, has a picture of Walter. That's from 2007. Mm. He must have been in his sexual prime in 2007 <laughs> looking like that. So, Devil in the Blue Dress. Set in 1948, the story begins in the Watts area of Los Angeles. I liked how this story was like 1940s Compton, Watts, like that area. Because all I know from that is like, you know, Boys in the Hood and yeah. NWA and just all the things I grew up with, like the gangster rap and West Coast stuff. So I've never seen Compton in like a positive light or Watts or any of that. So it's interesting to see like or read 
uh, about characters living in that area in the 40s, because California was vastly different in the 40s. Yeah, right. uh, and I just really liked the whole California scene in the 40s, because like as much as I like Chandler's work, when we read The Big Sleep, that was, I think, maybe the 20s or 30s that took place in, but that was almost like a different California. I think it was like Northern California, some of it took place in, but it was like just everything's a desert. Well, uh, also, too, you got to figure the... Um we did kind of see a different side of California yeah. in, in this book, you know, with it, you know, mainly having an, like an African-American, you know, cast of characters and, you know, just on the, the things that they did and how their lives were. What know. I liked is Mosley didn't focus on like Chandler did in the big sleep. Mosley didn't focus on the weather and like, yeah. because that, well, that was the plot of the big sleep was, you know, there was somebody who was stealing water. And then, you know, there's still a desert town and stuff. But I feel like a lot of California noir from back in the day talked about that kind of stuff. But mostly didn't, that didn't matter. It was just about the characters and the neighborhoods and stuff, which I thought was really cool. So we're in Watts in Los Angeles, and we are with Ezekiel Easy Rollins, which is just such a great name. Yeah. Like, Easy Rollins has got to be one of the best character names I've ever heard. And then whenever you just find out that... Uh Easy is just short for Ezekiel. Like, uh, yeah, that was that's, that's fucking awesome. <clears throat> I liked all his character names in here. Like he had Mouse. Uh, I think the trumpet player's name was Lips. Yeah. Uh, he just like such great names. So Easy Rollins, he's a Houstonian from the city's fifth ward. He uh, at like the beginning of the book, he's jobless. He worked at a like a aviation defense plant in Los Angeles. I think it was called like Champion, uh, building airplanes. So apparently, very good job. Yeah. Uh, he made enough there where he was able to buy a house in his own property. And in the 1940s, for an African-American to be able to do such a thing was like, a, you know, it's a big deal. Well, he was also, he was in the war, too. Yeah, he's so a World War I'm II hero. Sure, I am, how, you know, how, like, you know, people who serve, you know, they get, mm -hmm. you know, after they serve so long, they get, you know. Like a pension or Yeah, I, I don't know what it was like back then. I'm sure whatever it was. I don't think they would. got anything. Probably, especially also being African American too. They treated him like shit. Yeah, but so you know, I don't know if there, he got anything. Like you fight that. for your country and then you come back and you're segregated. Yeah. Well, in the war, a lot of them were segregated, which I think he actually brought up in this book too. So anyway, so so Easy Rollins, he ends up he got fired from his company for some bullshit reason. Yeah. And then he uh, is, we open up, he's in a diner or not a diner, a bar, Joppy's bar, his Joppy buddy Joppy, because he's unable to pay his mortgage. This is the driving force of the story because he has to pay this mortgage because he can't, he doesn't, like, that's his slice of paradise is yeah. that house. It's just a small, like, one-bedroom house, but, like, that's everything to him. He does yeah. not want to lose that. It's, like, the first and only thing that he's, like, ever owned. Yeah. And the way Mosley tells it, um, which definitely was true back then, but it's kind of true now even in a lot of places like Compton and stuff. You don't pay your mortgage, like, uh, back then. They'll have the sheriff there, the, you know, the next day after your mortgage was due to take your house and all that shit. Like, back then, that's, like, something that they really did because I wouldn't say squatters, but, you know, times were hard, so people weren't paying on time. They probably just assumed that, well, I'm sure there's a lot of racism going on, but they probably just assumed, it was like, oh, they're not going to pay. Fuck it, just take it. We can resell it and we'll be crooks. <laughs> yeah. So they, they did a lot of that. So we open up easy sitting in uh, a bar run by Joppy, a friend who's also from Houston, when a man named DeWitt Albright walks into the bar. And this is like a cool cat. But Joppy is also an ex-boxer. Oh, yeah. So. He, he uh, does some slugging. I'm not going to. I'll stop at some point when I'm reading this because I don't want to give up uh, the ending here. What ends up happening is uh, Joppy knows 
easy is having trouble, you know, because he doesn't have a job. He's not going to be able to pay his mortgage. He's, he's, I'm going to throw him a bone. I got this do-it-all-break guy. He's looking for somebody to do a job for him. He calls easy over. Hey, come on over here. I got something for But Joppy's very nervous. And Joppy could knock the fuck out of anybody. So the fact that he's nervous around this white man is a little strange. You notice how he was always wearing, like, all white? Yeah. It just emphasize the whiteness. The whiteness. White devil. So I think he initially turns down the job uh, because like he all the guy wants him to do is find somebody. Uh, doesn't really elaborate. But then easy, you know, because of the mortgage and stuff, he needs that money. He uh, ends up taking the job. And then he goes to find Daphne Monet, the most beautiful woman ever mentioned in the world at the time. At least to easy and everyone who sees her in the L.A. area. And then what unfolds is a pretty fun mystery. It's, uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know the ending now if they saw it because there's a Denzel Washington movie and stuff. But the ending's pretty cool. It's like a good little twist. And uh, some of it's a little disturbing. Uh, what I liked is because sometimes when you can get with, like, when you get to, like, uh, these detective stories or just, like, mysteries in general, is, like, it can get very convoluted. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? But this wasn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, all the storylines, like, made sense and were straight. It wasn't, like, you know, it, it wasn't telegraphed or anything. You know, there was still, like, twists and turns, but, like, they were all made sense. Like, mm. there wasn't any, like, like huh, what did what was that? Like, you know how sometimes you can, you can kind of get when you fall into that genre? Well, I like how Easy is very reluctant to do this kind of work. And because that I, also made him very relatable because it was still like, of just like, yeah. I don't want to do this, but this is the only way I can make money. Yeah. And he's killed a lot of people in the war. And there's a lot of like PTSD kind of flashbacks without being that, if that makes sense. It's like he, uh, like these things kind of weigh heavy on him, but it's just who he is. So, cause he, there's many times where he's mentioned, you know, I killed a man before, uh, and I can, do it again easily, but I'm not going to. Yeah, like yeah, in certain situations, he finds himself in. Yeah, because you figure by the time that the the book was written, PTSD wasn't even still like a bit. Like it was like it was just kind of starting to get like traction. I yeah, think it was like a thing that you know happens to soldiers, you know, and then especially in that time period where the story takes place. And black soldiers, they didn't give a shit about. No. So you're not getting any kind of mental help for your problems. But this whole story. Is full of violent characters. I think everybody's very violent, and there's a lot of drinking. I love the club scenes yeah. and the bar scenes where he goes into like these uh, kind of speakeasies because it's after prohibition, but some of the places just don't want to pay for the liquor license, so they still run as a speakeasy. And I'm sure there's that thing of like, I mean, even nowadays, wouldn't you rather go into a bar? That was like in a hidden room, yeah, in the back of a cool. building or something. You know what I mean? Like that, just that, just that's just fun. Like the one main bar he goes to is, uh, well, no, so two. They're they're mostly black bars, so they probably yeah. still also kind of have to stay kind of hidden. Well, one of the coolest bars he he frequents is, um, because I think there's another one because you have Joppy's Bar, which is a shithole. It's like in a butcher building or something. Yeah. It stinks like rotted meat all the time. And then there's the main... Um... There's the main one where it's the speakeasy bar. I forget the name of it, but it's like a back of a grocery store. And then uh, you go and that's where the trumpet players are and everybody hangs out and stuff. And then there's another bar where it's just like the most violent criminals go to, which I love when he goes to that bar as well because that's where he gets... Uh, What's that guy's name? Frankie or Freddy or the guy with the knife? Yeah. Uh, he, he's real good yeah, at cutting folks. Yeah, it was Frank something. Yeah. 
I, I like I really just like the depiction of how you have this whole African American community who kind of has to fly under the radar just because of the social standards of the time. And even though like a lot of them have honest jobs, they still go to the uh. speakeasies and have the illegal liquor and shit like that. I thought that was fun. And they're just like partying and just living life, you know? Um, a lot of jazz age kind of stuff I really dug. And then uh, Easy, he has his friend Mouse who lives in Houston. And you, throughout the story, you like you get these flashbacks where he's talking to Mouse and like what he's done with him. And Mouse is like a stone cold killer. Yeah. He's a little guy who just kills for fun. He'll kill anybody. He'll kill Easy if yeah. for you know the price is right. Well, um, you might not because you you haven't watched it. But there's a character in The Wire called Omar. He's just basically like this guy. He's he's basically like a drug bandit. He goes around mm. robbing corners and and stuff like that. But I got the as I was reading Mouse, you know, reading this character Mouse, I was getting, getting that that, fi- that feeling. You know, even though you know this was written way before that. Well, we need to watch show. the movie with Denzel Washington because Mouse is played by Don Cheadle, and Ooh. I watched a couple clips, and he does like a real good job. It's just such a cool story, and I was really wondering like. Will we start to notice if we look at like different like black movies and different black fiction if they've taken from the, you know Mosley's work if they some of these uh ideas were implemented because his crime noir which I love is not just the you know having an African American protagonist but you have like all the characters the cities like the whole city of L A where they're at it's just all black people. And the white people are the outsiders. The white people are written like how black people are normally written in white crime yeah. noir. Whereas like it's just like, oh, there's that random white guy. And we don't quite understand them because we don't have interactions with white people that often. And the ones we do, it's usually very like nervous and weird energy and we don't know how to act. I love that because normally it's flipped. It's like... Yeah. It's like you have the black guy who's the janitor, who's the magical janitor that helps or something. Or you have, like, the criminal character or just, like, these random characters. But now it's the white people that get to be those characters. And then you kind of get to view what life is like from the other perspective that we didn't live with, you know. Uh, And then just obviously 1940s L.A. is cool as shit. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to reading more books in the series. Yeah, I definitely think I'm going to check out. I think I'm going to try to read three. I don't know how many there are, but I figure three a year would be good. I think there's 15 total, which like one just came out recently. So he's still work. He's still doing them. It's so easy to read these books. Like they're just such good, quick reads too. Especially too, like I said, like I don't know about you, but I think I'm just gonna start getting them on my Kindle. Mm-hmm. And I don't like. I feel like some things I read. I when I read it on my Kindle, I'm just I'm going Faster. I'm going through it quicker. I don't know why it feels like that. I don't know if it's just because like. You get like the percentage or page counter thing. Makes you there. just want to hit like yeah, a certain. Yeah, oh, I'm almost at fifteen percent. I might as well just wait till I get there. You yeah. know, like oh, I only got you know three minutes left in the chapter. I'll just read out you know finish the yeah. chapter. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, checking out more and uh, um, seeing because we were. Um, I saw that ebook collection. It was like uh, yeah. Kindle collection it was like 130 bucks for all of them or something. Yeah, I just I don't know if I want to do all that at once. Like you know what I mean? If I yeah, just want to buy like a couple at a time, you know. Mm-hmm. But because, um, well, one of our questions we had earlier when we were watching some videos about, you know, about the book as well to make sure we didn't miss anything is that a guy uh, said that 
they move along in time. You know yeah. what I mean? So that was because that was one of my. Yeah, you get to see, you know, starting 40s L.A., we get to move. Yeah, with with the te- with the times almost. So that's... And do the flashbacks in the story. You also get the 30s and like, you know, Easy's time in the war and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like I really liked Walter Mosley's writing style too. He has like a very sultry writing style. I like his use of metaphors and similes. Um, though the one thing I, I mentioned off air, I noticed when I was reading that there was at least three or four times where Easy gets clubbed in the head from behind, and there's always an explosion that goes off in his head, and then all of a sudden he's on the ground. It's like that that same imagery came up multiple times. Well, the uh, maybe that's because of in the time period, you know. People weren't as wordy back then as they yeah. are now, yeah. so you only had a few fra- phrases. Yeah. So maybe he was just trying to stick in with the time. The 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 one complaint I do just to make sure that it's not a complete love fest. The one thing, and it wasn't even like a thing that would like it. It, it made the book bad or anything. It's just like one of those things. After a while, and we've talked about it before. It's like who like this story? Like, is he telling somebody this story? Uh, is it like you know what I mean? Because it's like. Written in first person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so like, it's like him tell and it's from the future him telling the story yeah. because he talks about like there's a lot of mentions where I don't know, uh, say there was a liquor or a cig- a cigarette we'll use a cigarette brand. He'd be like, Oh, well that cigarette brand's not around anymore. Like he'll actually say that yeah. in the book. Like he'll say something that goes, Oh, so is he current time? Like I don't know where We'll have to read the future stories, maybe that clears that yeah, up. But I, I was thinking that we don't too. know where this story, like him telling it takes place. Like what time period he's actually in as he tells the story. But like I said, it didn't really, He, you know, he did such a good job. It didn't really, really, you know, take me out of the story yeah. really or made me not enjoy it. Um, is it enough? He's like, is it memoirs? Yeah, is like, the guy writing a and book? Really, and all you'd have to really do is just put like in the beginning of the book, case log, yeah. number, whatever, and then boom, it, it's fixed. So like, like you said, it might be something as, because, you know, he probably wasn't expecting this to be a long series when he was writing it. So. Well, when he um, would speak, about like how oh things aren't like that anymore or things yeah. like that. I almost got like that was one hundred percent Mosley's voice I heard when he would do that. Yeah. So if he was talking about like you know the houses the housing market back then was a lot more affordable than it is now. Like I was like that's probably just Mosley then, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't know who or what period of time Easy's in when he's telling us this, but I didn't have too many complaints. There were a few parts. Or the writing got a little muddled where I was like, what? Wait, what's happening? Yeah. Like, there was just a few, it was a lot of, like, when there would be a lot of action and uh, the descriptors, like, kind of piled on each other. And I would just be like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Uh, that wasn't very frequent enough for me to really knock off a point. It just that it did happen a couple times. Usually when I was tired and not, like, you know, too paying, focused. Yeah, paying full attention. And, and then it kind of had, uh, I don't know, you've probably never seen Jack Nicholson's Chinatown, but it yeah. Did you? Mm-hmm. Well, Chinatown and... Well, we, we just stick with Chinatown. But I was just trying to think of what the sequel was. I don't remember if there was a sequel. But in Chinatown, the big twist ending is like an incest story. Yeah. Well, that's not like a big twist ending on here necessarily, but there is an incest story that works its way into the very end. And I'm like, ew. <laughs> I did not hear for that part. Oh, but wait. at the same time... Back then, I feel like that was, well, I mean, even now it's kind of common, which is disgusting. But back then, that would be something that would happen that wouldn't be told to the authorities or anything. Well, there was, like, a lot of the, like, whenever we were talking about the book a couple of days ago, like, um, there was a weird sex scene, and there was also a... Uh, no, that was a very realistic sex scene, yeah, I felt. Yeah, Uh Like, the way it unfurls, it was just gross because there's, like, a scene where the girl just uses the bathroom mm-hmm. while he's in the tub. 
and it's very loud, and like he even says it's like man taking a leak. I was like, ew. And then I was like, they better not have sex right after mm-hmm. this, and they did. And I was like, ah. And there's also like a thing that involves like a little like Mexican boy. That was very disturbing. It was the mayor. Uh, I guess Easy they- gets pulled into the fucking like limo or something of the mayor, and he has a. Filthy little Mexican boy who's like at his feet. Yeah. It was and the guy the who was running for mayor. He won. He was. Try- I think he was like. I think he had like mafia ties. He wasn't. The, yeah, he was trying to become the mayor. I think. Uh, and he was a, a diddler. And he, there were scenes where he's openly diddling, and yeah. I'm just like, oh, what the fuck? Though they did save that kid. Yeah. At the end, which yes. I really appreciated, with another cool character who runs like a, a really nice inn in a ghetto. Like I think it's a brothel, isn't it? Easy goes to a brothel at one point. Um, and I love how all the bouncers at these places are like the biggest violent, <laughs> most violent scumbags. Well, yeah, I mean, especially back then, yeah. if you was gonna have a bouncer, that's like that qualification that you would need. Mm-hmm. So all in all, I gave this a four out of five. Yeah, I'd say yeah, four is a good. I really liked it. Book of the month material for sure. I was yeah. glad we read it because uh, we wanted to read something. I don't remember what we did last year for Black History Month. We normally try to do something. But I wanted to read something that was actually going to be kind of fun, mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of times when you, we get into black fiction, it always ends up like really depressing. And I'm just like, what? Like I just, I don't. I, I mean, crime noir is a fun genre anyway. But like, even like something that could be whimsical or and also something kind of current. Yeah, I wanted something more current, not a classic. Because that's what's well, the problem. Anytime we read classics, it's like fucking depressing. So. Uh, I didn't really want to read something that's going to be about slavery or something. I want something that had black characters in a positive light. I was thinking about this other, the other day. We do pretty well a lot of times when we just like kind of pick a book by whim. You know what I mean? Mm. That we pick this book because we happened to find Walter Mosley on Masterclass and was liking the stuff he said, and so we got his first book. Mm. Um, you know, years ago we happened we were doing a an article list and we came across the hike and that's still one of my yeah. favorite books in the past couple of years you know what i mean and i think you know and there's been some other ones but we just stumble across the book and yeah, like, yeah that's the one and it ends up being great because we definitely um at least a handful of times a year try to give a uh author we never even heard of a read well i mean just because of our limited knowledge of modern authors like usually it's a well-known author that we don't know. Yeah, or if it, they might be, uh, but we might know checked. them, or we but have never checked out any of their work. Yeah, you know? well, like Norm Macdonald's book that yeah. was really good. Um, I want to check out one of David Duchovny's books. Yeah, we've been talking about that for a while now. Um, I was looking up James Franco. Apparently, his books are fucking awful. So I don't think we well, need to I go mean, down there. I mean, and also too, is <laughs> I think he's probably still a no non grado Yeah. Um. So we'll end on this. Personally. I feel I would like Mosley's Easy Rollins series more than I would like uh, Philip Marlowe, like the Probably. Raymond Chandler series, yeah, or any of those old white guy fiction things. Because I always tended to lean more towards uh, like cool black characters, even like the Grand Theft Auto games. Like my favorite one was uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas yeah. because that's the time when I grew up was, like, the early 90s with the West Coast hip-hop and, like, the comp that I watched Boys in the Hood and, like, Don't Be a Menace and, like, all those fucking cool movies were, like, those John Singleton movies were ingrained in me when I was, like, fucking nine years old. Like, I probably shouldn't have been watching them, but... Uh, so I just grew up, like, loving that kind... Like, that side of life I always thought was really interesting. So reading a character in a crime noir series who lives in that area and fights crime... Well, not fights crime, but solves mysteries and stuff there, I think that's really cool. I really like that. Opposed to, like... 
Philip Morrow solving rich guy crimes, you know? Well, and, and uh, also, too, uh, just um, Mosley's uh, writing style. It's very accessible. And it's very flowing, and it's very, like, I get, I kind of get the same feeling of whenever I'm reading, uh, like, a good no gaming book. Yeah. Like, it's, it's almost, like, effortless. Like, I'm just... Well, in that master class, when uh, Mosley was talking about poetry and stuff, well, I don't agree with the poems he was reading necessarily as uh, poems I would like. I can see how his style is influenced by poetry because, like yeah. you said, it does flow. Uh, the way he uses certain words in correlation with other words, it's like, oh, that's, you know, he likes his paragraphs to flow in a certain way. He likes the story to flow. So I like that. And he also was like, um, if a, a chapter might be like two or three pages long. Yeah. And it's, and it, yeah, it's I felt nice. like the chapters were just as long as they needed to be. Oh, yeah. And I think it helped kind of move. His pacing the, was good. Yeah. I never, I never once felt like, oh, this chapter could be cut. You know, this is, it's going on too long or this chapter's not long enough. It, like, he did a very good job of just spacing everything out properly. Again, I'm going to be very interested to see how the other books go. Like, do they flow in the same kind of pattern? And then I just want to see how Easy Rollins comes up because it didn't say his age, I don't think, but I'm assuming he was in his 20s maybe. I'll say. Uh, Late 20s. Did you did you have, like, a picture of uh, of Easy, like, while you were reading? Like, did you have your own? Yeah, Buff Denzel Washington. Oh, is that what it was? Is that who you? No. You? I kind of got Eddie Murphy in Harlem Nights. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the the image I got, like, because Eddie Murphy was in like okay shape, and he was uh, no, I did like because I seen some clips from the Denzel Washington version of the movie, and he got the white beard, and he's kind of buff, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the guy. But I don't know. What about you? Like, I got like a um, like a younger, thinner version of Kevin uh, Hart, right? Not Kevin Hart. Wait, um, what if they did a reboot and he's Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and the Rock is uh, is easy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone would fuck with him. Uh, but um, oh, uh, what's his name? The uh, the Get Out director, um, Jordan Peele. Yeah, for some reason I don't know I don't know why, but that was like the kind of because he he almost kind of had like a I had like when I was seeing like a unassuming kind yeah. of like you know what i mean like he was very reserved and like he could have easily killed like there was a yeah. scene where he was these uh like white teenagers were like trying Fucking to get him with him yeah being and, racist like, and... he could easily have killed them but like didn't which he even to. played out in his head that yeah. i can easily kill these but it wouldn't be worth it yeah he is very in his own head which i liked he's a unique character in that regard and i like that he's not your typical uh like philip morrow just knows Everything. The answers to everything is the smooth talk. He's just like a regular guy that kind of went into this line of work, and uh, he his main skills are he could fuck people up. Yeah, but he doesn't. He knows when to be reserved. Not unlike like Joppy or uh, a lot of the different bouncers we encounter, or the knife guy, or even Mouse. Like everyone he deals with, just will kill you at the fucking drop of a hat, and he's the only one that can do that. That's like reserved because he said he killed a lot of people in the war. He killed a lot of Germans and. Uh, which that brought a very interesting aspect to the book, too, was like when it showed his times in Germany and how different it was than being in like the South and the yeah. U.S. at the time. Because he's from Texas, so it's pretty wild. So, in summation, I really like this book, and I would urge anybody to read it. Obviously, if you are sensitive to strong language, uh, a lot of racial situations, a lot of racism... This might not be the book for you just because those are going to be themes that I would imagine most of Mosley's work deal with because he says he likes to write 
black characters. Yeah. Um, and especially in this series set in this time yeah. frame and stuff like that, it's kind of hard not to. But if you're a crime noir fan, I don't see how you could go. Unless you're like a purist crime noir where you want like the 30s, uh, you know, darn is the hardest swear. Maybe damn. Maybe they'll throw yeah. in a damn or a hell. Uh, that would be the hardest swear words you get. But uh, if you want something that's reads modern, but... You know, it was set back then. I would highly recommend uh, Devil in the Blue Dress and go down the Easy Rollins path because yep. that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. It was actually very hard for me not to order the next book and read that right, right. after because I kind of want to do that. Did you Did you read the ex like the yeah? I, I read the, some of it, but I stopped myself because then I would order the book. I told you, I told you, like that's why because I, I finished it before you, and I was like, I kind of want to read this, but I don't want to read this because mm-hmm. I might not be able to stop. Our next, I don't know if it's going to be the book of the month. I don't even know if we're going to do an episode on it or not, but Ashley read it, and he told me about it, and then I got it, and you got it, uh, Gutter in the Grave. Yeah. Like I said, I really enjoyed that book, too. That's another crime noir. Um, I, and The author's name eludes me, He because uh, he wrote under a, suit, a bunch of pseudonyms, yeah. actually, but he's pretty famous. He's one of those uh, hard case... Ed well, Mc, that's what the Ed published Brian or something like that? Ed McBain? McBain, I McBain. think, yeah. The only thing with that is, like I was, I was telling you before, unlike like Easy Rollins and the characters, like I don't even remember that guy's name. I only read that a couple of months ago, and I forgot the whole story. Yeah, like whereas yeah, it was a fun you, story yeah, to read, it left no yeah, nothing. You, you let you read it like right at the end of the year. Yeah, it it didn't leave anything like n- nothing on me. Like I did nothing was parted to me. Like no message. I don't remember the story. I don't remember the guy's name. You know what it what it is is um. Just in case, if we don't ever do the episode on this book, what it, when I was thinking about it, what it is is that book you buy at the airport, so yeah. you have something to read on the plane, and it's like it's enjoyable. It's not a it's not a slog to get through, but you'll probably be done with it by the time you're done with your plane, and then you could forget it after that. You know, it's like any one of those recent Nicolas Cage action movies <laughs> that you don't know about till you go on like Amazon Prime or something. Like, I didn't know he made 10 movies this year. Mm-hmm. And then like you might watch one and you go, that wasn't that bad actually. You know, that was all right. That was fun. And then you forget everything you've ever, like <laughs> yeah. if you, you could see it again and wouldn't even remember <laughs> watching it. It's like one of those. Uh, like I said, it was a fun book, but I couldn't, and I know there's more, I th- Matt Cordell maybe was the name of the character. Yes, yes, Matt Cordell. Um, he, yeah, I, don't know I think it's a series. I, I don't know about that. I'm not sure. I would have to look up that Ed McBain guy's books, but like those are, um, when you think of like B or C list level crime noir and hard fic, like hard crime fiction, that's exactly what that is. Yeah. Uh, that's just meant to be an old pulp read. You read it once, you throw it in the garbage, you bought it for a quarter. Like that's, that's what the, it's supposed to mimic, uh, what? which it does that very well. Yeah. And you know, very tiny book could literally fit in the back in your back yeah. pocket. Uh, while you're riding on your bike. Um, what do they call those before? Uh, supermarket books. Yeah. Like, you just get on that little rack and the mm-hmm. spinner rack of the supermarket. And it's like, uh, like you said, like, it's probably, like, people who, like, his, uh, you know, you see people in different things. And, like, there's, like, hardcore, like, mystery, crime, noir fans yeah. where, like, they're probably like, well, no, actually, this book is, you know, like, you know what I mean? They probably might get a little bit more out of it because, like, that's their I, jam. I remember liking the descriptions and stuff in it. Uh, that guy did a very good job with that. It's just, I think, like, a Raymond Chandler and a Walter Mosley are a higher level literary-wise. Like, just their writing style, uh, they're just, like, a step above. I feel like The Gutter and the Grave is a book we could write. Mm. 
Uh, it wasn't very complicated. I don't remember the story or the mystery being that hard to solve. Yeah, because I did. I, we won't talk about it, but I think I kind of. Yeah. A couple of chapters in uh, to, towards the end, I was like, I think I know. I think I got it. Yeah, check out the old Water Mosley and check out his master class. Yes, because they were uh, <clears throat> not only are they inf- uh, informational, but they're also like entertaining. He's so far, I've uh, struck gold with the master class because I first watched the new game, and obviously that's a home run. Yeah, I watched the, Sam- the Salmon Rusty, also a home run. That was a brilliant one, and then I watched the Walter Mosley, which was really entertaining uh, and informative. So. I don't know who R.L. Stein's on my list. Uh, might check out his. Yeah, that'd be interesting just to even just to see what his process is like. There's a James Patterson one which I did not want to watch, uh, but apparently it's really re- from what people I've heard that because uh, I asked about, I asked on the old Twitter and stuff, people thought of it, and apparently marketing wise and stuff, it's very good. I like could how see, to sell your books. I could see that. So yeah. that might actually be worth the watch just for that, not for writing tips. Yeah, just how to. Who else did we see on there? I thought there was someone else that. Uh, there was one other person I wanted to fucking see. I don't remember who it was, but it doesn't really matter. I got... Oh, by the way, I guess I could... I don't remember if I announced this on air or not. I was a part of the Joy Harjo's um, master class. What do you call that? Like a focus group, I guess? That's how I, you made I, it sound. I watched all the her whole master class uncut and very lightly edited. Uh, and when I mean lightly edited, they just added a few graphics. So there was a lot of, you know stumbling and it wasn't like you know cut real nice it probably it wasn't probably the finished project not even close i got to be a part of that and give my critiques and stuff and what i thought of it's a poetry writing class and that finally dropped a master class now i think it's been like a year but i got a free master class from doing that so i was very excited about that so uh that's why i still have master class because they've been putting some bogus people on there like i don't Mm -hmm. give a fuck about hillary clinton teaching me about leadership yeah like how's that i mean yeah i think that fucking who else? Did they, they had some other fucking. I think Bill Clinton's on there too. Uh, I don't know. They just had some people that I was like, I don't really need. I don't think I need to listen to this. I don't know if that's gonna help. Like, are they gonna get like Trump on there next to be like a oh. teach you how to? I don't know what the fuck he's. I guess how to go bankrupt and be a fucking douche. Um. Anyway, so if you folks want to check out our work, that's equally as qualified, as equal quality as anything. Um. Any person on Masterclass has ever written, right? Yes. You go to drunkpenwriting.com for that. We have fiction on there. You can go to Twitter at drunkpenwriting and Instagram and Facebook at drunkenpenwriting. Give us a follow, like, share, all that dumb shit. And uh, we thank you for listening. And check out Devil in a Blue Dress. You'll really thank us for it. Yep. I would hope so anyway, unless you got shitty taste in books. Oh.